Welcome to the podcast of Journey Church in Elk Grove, California. This is a podcast featuring the Sunday message as we walk through the Bible and special clips and highlights from the Journey teaching team. The mission of Journey Church in Elk Grove, California is to help people progress along their spiritual journey. Now sit back, relax, and take some notes as we jump in. Here's the show. Good morning, Journey Church. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Um, Thank you for everyone who's on Facebook this morning saying hi, and those of you who are tuning in on YouTube as well. Personally, I prefer the YouTube experience. If you're on Facebook right now and you've never done YouTube, maybe even consider jumping over and trying the YouTube. Uh, It's an awesome uh, way to join us this morning. Thanks, uh, everyone who uh, was able to pivot and make this happen Um, this morning. We are here uh, we're still meeting regardless of the air quality, and um, we're, just, we're just thankful to have that opportunity to gather together and to make uh, the main thing the main thing, which is bringing glory to God. So this morning, I want to share briefly with you guys a little bit about what God's doing in my life or what he's been doing in my life recently. On uh, Thursday, I got a couple text messages, hey, Tim, are we still going to meet with the air quality outside? And I'm like, yeah, it's Thursday. This thing will blow over and no problem. Uh, and then Friday, it looked worse, and uh, so we started looking into it, and it was just, the projections for today were terrible, and I remember that, that feeling where it's like, man, everything inside me says, let's just do it anyway, but the reality was the wise thing was to, let's just meet inside and pivot, and, um, which isn't that big of a deal, but part of me felt like it died. Part of it felt me like, right, here we go, another trial. This is exactly what we need, another trial. Uh, right when everything else is amounting, and, and maybe for you, you saw a little blue sky in your life, uh, you launched school distance learning was off to a good start, or maybe you finally have gotten into the rhythm of workflow, and you're okay, here we go, we've got fires this last week, and, and I want to make light of that, because that's a really heavy thing for so many people, but it's just, to me, it felt like here's another trial, something else to navigate. And so this morning, I want to spend a few minutes talking about how do you respond to trials in your life? How do I respond to trials in my life? And the goal this morning is for me to be very transparent, uh, to not paint the picture like, oh, when I see a trial, I just muster up and go through and act like nothing happened. Um, I can do that once or twice, but I'm feeling like at this stage of 2020, uh, I'm going to start acting real terrible as we start moving through more and more trials. And I want to just pause this morning and walk through a little bit, how do you respond to trials in your life? And if we look back over the last five months, I don't think any of us would have known the amount of trials that we would be faced, uh, that would face us. And and even now, I am an optimistic person, so I typically think this was the last hurdle, and then the year's going to get good, and we're going to look back and be like, 2020 really actually evened out. Uh, but that may not be the case. So I want to I explore a little bit. How do you respond to the trials in your life? They will keep coming, and I'm curious how you will naturally respond. And then this morning, I hope to be uh, a little bit of encouragement to you that there is a proper way that, that we are encouraged to face these trials in our lives um, in such a way that brings God glory and not just the people around us frustration. So let me share a little bit. That was, uh, that was Thursday, but early on in this week, part of the reason I was a little bit drained to face those trials is because life is difficult. At least my life is difficult. It is full of joy and great things, 
but it is just full of difficulties as well. As, as many of you know, I have seven kids uh, at home, and, and, and my wife does a phenomenal job throughout the day with them. They're starting school uh, this last week uh, or week and a half, so that's kind of, we're getting into this rhythm, but the truth is, man, we're just exhausted. And, and, and uh, two weeks ago, my two-year-old turned three, which means all the problems uh, are out the door. We now have a three-year-old, no more terrible twos, but anyone who's ever parented a kid knows the truth that when age three comes around, that's where the trials begin. Um, so, th- so just being honest with you, this week was a tough week at home. Parenting my kids, I love them to death, but there are just trials. There are tantrums. Uh, there are tantrums coupled with heat waves, coupled with fires. It was just a tough week. So I want to I spend a couple minutes this morning talking about how do you respond to the trials in your life when things keep stacking and stacking and stacking and stacking, and right when you're like, okay, hey, that's enough, everything's going to be okay, somebody calls and complains about something. Um, so how do we deal with trials in your life this week? Well, I want to encourage you by this. We're going to look at three different passages this morning written to us that all share the same message. And if we got three authors saying the same thing, I think we ought to lean in a little bit. And these aren't just any authors. These are all three gentlemen who were inspired with the Holy Spirit. And they're kind of big hitters in the New Testament. Uh, God's chosen people to write, to share this with us. And the first one is James. James is Jesus' brother. So we get some encouragement from him. And then Peter uh, and Paul. I mean, if if you think of who are some people who really get it, who, who walked with Jesus, who, or who knew so much and lived in that day and age and were inspired with the Holy Spirit, who got it, these three men, I would sit down and I would humbly listen. What do you have to say about this? And this morning we're going to see what all three of them have to say about the trials that we face in life, and I'm hoping this is encouraging to you. So let's dive in and see. First, uh, let's go to James. Book of James starts off, James 1 uh, verse 2, first one, he kind of just does an introduction. Verse 2, James says this. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, writing to other believers, when troubles of any kind, not just a unique kind, but of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And maybe you've heard that before, and you're like, man, that sucks to hear, because um, actually it's not a bad thing to hear when things are going great and everyone else around you is complaining. That's like a go-to verse. Keep that one in your text thread. You can send that to people when they start moaning a little too loud, right? Consider an opportunity of great joy. But when life hits you in the face, when trials are real in your life, and they keep stacking, and they keep stacking, and they keep stacking, and then, and then your neighbor complains about, about you blowing off ash from your yard, and it's all landing in their yard, and they feel disrespected, what do you do with that? Consider it an opportunity of great joy. Okay, I get it, James. Uh, what, what, why? Why? Uh, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Okay, that's where we're on a different page here, because who really wants their endurance to grow? Okay, we've got one guy here raising their hand. Nobody, like, for the sake of growth, growing endurance, wants their endurance to grow, because we know that to grow your endurance, you have to suffer. You have to endure 
pain. Like to your endurance to grow, you have to endure. And I love the definition of endure, meaning to remain under something, to remain under the pressure, to not try to fight your way out of it, but to remain in it, to intentionally remain in it. If you're going to endure something, you're going to intentionally remain in it and not try to get out of it. Once you try to get out, you're no longer enduring it. So why would you want your endurance, your chance to grow? And he, he goes on to say, so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you're, if you're keeping up with us on the F260 reading plan this morning, we read in Matthew chapter 5 and, and verse 48, the very end, Jesus says, uh, and, and you, you ought to be perfect just like me. So there is some of that like, Okay, there is hope to be perfect, but that's after we allow our endurance to be fully developed. So Jesus encourages us to develop our endurance. And all this sounds pretty, and it sounds like it's a problem solver, but this is where I have the problem. This is where it doesn't really move the needle in my life historically, and that's the fact that, that James says this, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. The truth is, when troubles and trials come my way, I am disregarding that as being an opportunity of great joy. I'm not considering that. James very specifically says, consider it an opportunity. I'm not considering it. Do you know why? Because I like to think of myself as wise. I like to think of myself as having some sort of standards. There is actually a lot of things in life that I just honestly don't consider. Like, 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 if someone says, like, hey, Tim, why don't you, why don't you sell everything you have and, and why, don't you, why don't you move in the middle of nowhere and just live by yourself? I'm not even considering that. So I can't ask you why because that's a silly question. Tim, why, you know, have you ever thought about skydiving? You know, I can tell you I've thought about it, but I'm not even going to consider that. I, I'm really not going to consider that because it doesn't make sense to me. And James is saying to actually consider this. And the truth is we need to be intentional with that because as Americans, there are so many things in life that we just respond to, but if we're honest, we're disregarding the opportunities. We're not even considering it. If somebody completely has an opposite stance for us, we're not really considering where they're coming from. We're just willing to tell them why they're wrong because we're not considering and there's been things in my life where people have a disagreement with me and I very much label it as they're just wrong and, and I've never actually considered, based on like what I know, that there's an opportunity, that there's, an opportunity there's, a, there's a chance that they're right. I just don't consider it. I think like that goes against what I think, so you're wrong. And I'm okay with you being wrong, but I'm not going to consider that you're right. But that's not right. James is saying, when opportunity, when troubles and trials come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. It doesn't mean it is an opportunity for great joy. We have to consider it before we even move forward with that. So, so what does that look like? That, that, that's still vague. That's still hard to take the next step. So I want to bring some, a little more reinforcement in. And, and Peter says something very similar. Again, in 1 Peter chapter 1. After his introduction, he says this, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Awesome. Great. I'm on board. Let's go. I like it, Peter. 
even though you must endure many trials for a while. You will endure, you will have the opportunity to endure many trials for a while. There are bad things, there are tough things, there are painful things, there are suffering coming your way. But be truly glad because there's wonderful joy ahead. These trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. And I know like we actually have fires going on that are burning things down. But last week, even with the heat wave, man, it felt like anytime I walked outside, I was being tested and purified like gold. Um, it was so hot and, and felt like it was melting everything away. Uh, he says, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So what is Peter saying? He's saying, consider it joy. There are trials coming your way, but consider it joy because of what is coming. There's joyous times ahead. Yet in the meantime, through the suffering, consider it that as, as, as fire purifies gold, the trials are going to purify your faith. And again, that doesn't sound encouraging unless, unless our faith is more important than our comfort. And, 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 and this is even worse if your faith isn't there. If your faith isn't there, well, then it's not going to just be purified. It's going to be burned up. Your lack of faith, your facade of faith is going to be burned up. It's going to be melted. It's going to just be a pile of ash. But if there's genuine faith, it will be purified, there will be endurance, and the result of that will be much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So Peter is also saying, consider it joy. Consider joyful times ahead, and the endurance is totally worth it and will pay off because your faith will endure. So what if your faith is not genuine? How do we make sure our faith is genuine? This isn't a scare tactic like maybe you're not saved. Maybe if you're worried about this stuff, maybe you don't have genuine faith. How do we know we have genuine faith that it can test this, the, the endurance, that it can test the trials, that it can stand up against that stuff? Well, in Journey, we talk about the ABC per every single week, which is talking about our faith, our relationship with our Creator Father who has redeemed us from our fallen sins, through the blood of Jesus. And when we not only say we, we understand that and we receive that, we jump on board, but we're choosing to put all of our life based on that, that is our faith. And so I think a, a few tests for me that are helpful, I'm sorry, that are helpful, that help me understand, is my faith truly genuine, is a couple of these questions associated with admitting, believing, and committing. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. A great way to stay connected is our website, journeyelkgrove.com, or find us on Facebook. Now back to the show. The first thing is when it comes to admitting, am I just saying I'm admitting I'm not perfect? Well, I'm pretty close, but I'm better than most. Or are we actually surrendering everything? Surrendering everything. This is going to get real. Are you surrendering 
being in control? Are you willing to surrender your comfort? Are you willing to surrender your understanding of things? Are you willing to surrender your pride? Because we can't admit that we need God if in the back of our heads we haven't surrendered things and think we don't really fully need him. We just need a piece of him. That's the kind of faith that's not going to hold up to the flames. Believe. Do we believe that Jesus died for us? Many people, many, 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 many people believe that Jesus died for their sins. Sure, why not? That sounds, that sounds good. Yeah, I want to get on board. I, I believe it. But here, as a purifying, tested genuineness of your faith, have you repented of sin? Believing that Jesus died for you versus processing that because you have sinned, because you are corrupt, it cost him his absolute life. He shed his blood because that was the amount that it cost for you to be redeemed. Have you repented sin? And here's a test. If you feel any sort of shame in life, that there are areas of your life you, you, you hope nobody finds out about, I would challenge you. Man, when trials come your way, allow that to be an opportunity to grow in your endurance, to allow that your faith to be purified as fire purifies gold. And to repent, to get rid of, to, to lay all those things in front of Jesus and say, yes, I believe you died for me, and even this, and even this, and even this, and especially this. I encourage you, if you're watching this, yes, I'm talking to you. I believe there's probably some sexual sin in your life. You. Some sexual sin in your life that if you don't repent that, it's going to be a really difficult time for you to truly believe that Jesus, and for your faith to hold up that you're trusting your life in Jesus, if you're holding on to that. Because what you're really doing is, yes, Jesus died for me for these low-key sins or the things I've been caught for, but some of these other things, I'm still trying to work out how I'm going to get through this in life. Is your faith genuine? Repent of sins. Repent of anger, of frustration, whatever it is. Repent of it. Lay it down. Give it to God. And that shows that you really believe. And the third one, the commit on the ABC, is a, a test here. Are you really following Jesus? Are you really following Jesus? And are you following Jesus above all else? Because here's what happens in my life. When trials come my way, I get more frustrated, cor correlated to how much of that is in the opposite direction of the way I want to go. You know, it, it can be easy when something happens, it, you know, back east, I can be like, oh, that's a bummer, but I'm okay. But when things hit home, when they come very close to home, and I get really frustrated, sometimes that reveals in my life because I'm really following my plan. I'm following, or I'm following this other person's plan, or this, or that, or, or, or what I think should be true, or am I really fully following Jesus? And when we fully follow Jesus, we should not be surprised by trials. Instead, as, as we've seen James and Peter encourage us, consider it joy. 
Because you're following Jesus who gave his life for you. He's going to bring you through this. So, uh, and then lastly, I want to be encouraged by Paul's words. And in Romans chapter 5, um, this is encouraging. And this is, if your faith is, is past that test, if you've truly not only admitted, believed, believed, and committed your life to following Jesus, but if you've fully surrendered, if you've repented, and if you are following Jesus, there's some incredible encouragement. In Romans chapter 4, the whole chapter is designated to, to Paul sharing about how Abraham went first and how his faith is kind of what set the tone for every one of us, that if we have faith in God, we will also be redeemed. And in ver, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, not because of anything we've done, but by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance. Again, enough with the endurance. But all these men are saying, no, lean into it. There's so much in endurance that we ought to be aiming for. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. When we're walking in endurance, we're building our character, and that is, that is refining the other things in our life that do not matter and bringing back to center the thing that matters here on earth. Number one, so much more than anything else, is our confident hope of salvation. This, this earth will end. Our lives will end. We have the confident hope that we will be spending eternity in heaven, not because of us, but because of the privilege that we have undeservedly received because of what Jesus has done for us. So there's so much out of endurance that we can gain that looks like us actually having confident hope in the salvation for our sins. I want to encourage you guys, uh, in two weeks, we're going to be launching this series. We're going to launch it today, but we've pushed it back because of everything that's going around. And I really want us to get some traction. I want everyone at the starting line when we start this. We're going to have some parallel groups going forward with that. Those will also start in two weeks, not this week. Sorry for the confusion there. But we're going to be walking forward with this book that is full of inspiration and encouragement that when we're still here on earth, the number one thing that's most important is our confident hope of salvation and the opportunity we have to share that with others. So I want to share this quote from the book. Um, the book's called Not My Church. And, and the author says in, uh, in, on page 42, he says, what if there is more going on behind the scenes in your life? Have you ever thought about that? Behind the scenes, what if there's more going on? Could God already be working in ways that you might have never considered? There's that considered, what if the difficulty you're facing right now is just a front? What if the job transfer or the classroom assignment is all a setup? And the premise of the series called Your Front Row, the premise of the book, 
is that we have a tremendous opportunity to highly influence the people who in our life are sitting in our front row, who are watching us. And what if, could we consider that everything that's happening right now is, is, is opportunity for us believers who claim our faith is in Jesus and Jesus alone to be walking through these trials, choosing endurance, all so that we can be gaining hope and refining everything else to be recalibrated so we can be celebrating the hope of salvation that Jesus has put in our life. I want to encourage you this morning, the trials, they may look different than the trials I faced last week or that I'm going to face this week. But have you considered that God is up to things that he may be utilizing these trials to give us an opportunity to share about his goodness to people in our life? And if that's the case, are you ready to embrace these trials? And to truly consider, not disregard any joy associated because you're not happy with it. But to consider, this is an opportunity of great joy. God is maybe doing something behind the scenes to set me up, to set us up. That he is up to something so much better. That he has completely redeemed us. That there should be no shame in your life. There should be no, there should be, we should not be miserable. We should be completely expectant and excited and looking forward to what's next because we are free, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are completely repurposed, not for us to look good, not for us to achieve the American dream or anything that we would call success on this planet, but to share the good news with others so that more people can be forgiven and redeemed to our Father, their Creator, through Jesus, so that we can all celebrate together and work together for His glory. That's what it's about. So I want to share with you the big challenge. This is where I encourage you to do something about this encouragement. As believers, whether we're getting kicked in the face, or kicked in the butt, or kicked in the throat, we ought to be contagiously optimistic. Because of what Jesus has done for us and the salvation that is promised to us. We ought to actually enjoy or at least stay in there and hang in there and, and to consider it joy to walk in endurance while we're here. So very practically how to do this, I encourage you. This week, maybe even right now, take out a pen and paper and write down your biggest trial. Don't make this such out there. Pick one thing that you think is your biggest trial. Write it down. This, you know, maybe it would be distance learning. Maybe it's your boss's expectations are completely unrealistic of what you should be accomplishing at home. Maybe you, you keep getting furloughed for just another week. Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. Write it down. Then secondly, truly and intentionally consider what could God truly be up to? Consider, how could this be seen as an opportunity for joy? I encourage you, ask somebody else for help if you're just stuck there. But don't disregard it. Consider it. Test it. Is your faith genuine? We ran through the ABC prayer, but I encourage you to write it down. Not just a one-time thing, 
but a daily. I have to walk through that daily. I have to surrender new things to Jesus daily. We have the opportunity to repent of sin daily. We should not be carrying around yesterday's sin or this morning's sin. We have the opportunity to repent of that. Repent of that and commit. Choose to follow Jesus. Write that down so there's, there's no confusion. I can't do this. I believe Jesus died for me so that I can, and I'm choosing to follow him. And then, fourthly, joyfully endure this trial to develop and strengthen your character and confident hope in salvation. If you don't have a lot of confident hope in salvation, use this trial to endure to see what God is up to, to strengthen your character and confident hope in salvation. As we close, I want to let you know on uh, Monday afternoon, I, uh, Nikki and I left the used tire shop, and I have not been so inspired and excited about life in five months. And it, it wasn't because of the tires. It wasn't what we paid for the tires. It was because we spent... 45 minutes in the tire waiting room uh, talking to this guy, Sonny. This guy, Sonny, is not a believer. And I, I've, I've known him from a while back, and we used to go to Starbucks, so he's asking about things. And he was relentless about, what are you doing next in life? Here are some opportunities. Sonny is an immigrant, and he's made a lot out of his life. And the longer he talked, I realized he's been through an awful, awful lot in life as well. And he is contagiously optimistic about the opportunities that we have in front of us. If, if I don't know if it was me or Nikki, we brought up, like, how is COVID, like, affecting your business? And his thought was, like, I don't know. Uh, I'm not even worried about this business. I'm worried about what's next. I'm worried about the opportunity ahead of us. Tim, I'm worried about, okay, so you have seven kids. You can do things. Your whole family should start a business. There's so many cool things that you can do in this country, in this position. You guys are going to make it. This is so exciting that we're heading it. It's 2020. There's so many opportunities out there. We left contagiously optimistic because we spent some time with Sonny. And here's the truth. Sonny's not a believer, yet he considered everything a consider, an opportunity for joy. I encourage you, and as a church, I want to just implore us, let's be a people that are contagiously optimistic through the trials. I want to encourage you when things around you are going left or right or whatever, Encourage those around you. Let's be contagiously optimistic through the trials so that together our actions bring God glory. Let me pray for us. Thanks for joining us this week on the Journey Church Elk Grove, California podcast. Connect with us at journeyelkgrove.com where you can get the latest updates. Subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This way, you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating or a comment. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Links are in the show description. 
Remember, we're here to help people progress on their spiritual journey. Thank you for spending some time with us today.